For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into a Screaming from the Sidelines unscheduled episode, but we have so much to discuss between the Women's Championship occurring yesterday and the Men's National Championship game tonight. Wow. Uh, I was up till like 2 in the morning just taking notes on this, thinking about both games, and I mean, I don't know what we're going to see tonight, but there's a lot to unpack from yesterday. Congratulations to LSU on their victory over Iowa. We're going to get all into it, and if I'm sounding a little weird, that's because I am a little bit sick. But don't worry, I promise I sound worse than I am. And I already recorded one of my Believe episodes while having the flu this year, and I just didn't know about it. So we're going to be alright. We're here to talk hoops, and... Like I said, unscheduled, it's just me today, but I feel like there's so much to unpack and I want to do both of these games justice. So the first half is going to be spent on breaking down the women's game and everything that we need to address from those 40 minutes. And then the second half will be talking about the men's game and previewing that. First off, I just want to say that this tournament was great and the engagement was just incredible. A lot of viewers... Uh, all the stars really drew people in. I know Caitlin Clark was the big name, and we're going to talk all about her, but it's not just the Caitlin Clark show, although her influence on shaping the public and giving them a narrative to follow, I believe, has really changed the women's tournament, and I think it will do for next year, and hopefully for plenty of years to come. Bottom line is that people really do care. Some notable marks, uh, two number one seeds fell before the Sweet 16 for the first time in 25 years, which included the 2021 champion Stanford. Iowa and South Carolina's Final Four matchup had a record-breaking 5.5 million viewers. So, I mean, that's more than the most viewed NBA game on ESPN. Uh, Caitlin Clark we talk about it. She drew in so many eyes and ears. And in addition to all of her highlights, here are the numbers that she'll leave behind. She set a record for the most points in an NCAA tournament with 193. She set a record for the most assists in an NCAA tournament with 60. Knocked off the undefeated reigning national champions and ended South Carolina's 42-game win streak. And she scored 30 points in a national title game, which included... Eight threes. The tournament's most outstanding player recipient, Angel Reese, also set an NCAA record. Yesterday, she secured her 34th double-double, which is officially the most in a single season. Most of all, she is a 2023 national champion. Her teammate, Jasmine Carson, played out of her mind in the first half of the championship game, going a perfect 7-for-7 from the field. And 5 for 5 from 3 with the cherry on top. 
being a contested buzzer beater to end the first half. LSU finished with 102 points, winning 102 to 85, and capturing the program's first ever national title. So you might notice I'm talking a lot about the players and the teams because that's what it's all about. That's what makes this game so great. It's what had people in my life who otherwise would have had no interest in the tournament suddenly keyed in on Sunday and the games leading up to it. I cannot say the same for the referees. So I have four points that we need to address. Some of it's about the refs, some of it's about just the players, and some of it's about the broader scope. But about this championship game and the tournament, here's the things we need to address in order. Number one, congratulations to both Iowa and LSU on incredible seasons. LSU's players deserved to be playing in that game, and they showed up to play. I wish to take nothing away from them. But, and that brings me to item number two, the way the referees asserted themselves by over-officiating the game on Sunday made for a tragic ending to what was an otherwise awesome tournament in general i felt that there were way too many whistles and it's not just the eye test 37 total fouls were called in this game which is the second most for an ncaa title game 19 on iowa and 18 on lsu again i think it was very overly officiated in general the second foul that was called on Angel Reese in the first quarter and forced her to spend time on the bench was ridiculous. The second foul that was called on Caitlin Clark seemed a little ambitious. And there's just no way we can avoid the discussion of the technical foul. Iowa was down by 21 points in the third quarter. They went on a 15-2 run and cut the deficit to 8. And there was still a quarter and a half remaining. The Hawkeyes had life, and as a fan of the tournament, I was really excited to see how the rest of the game would unfold. Then, Monica Sinano was called for her fourth foul, contesting a shot in the paint. It was a good call. But the dagger in this game came about two seconds later, when Caitlin Clark, who already had three personal fouls, tossed the ball behind her toward the hoop. And Clark was hit with a technical foul, which is also charged as a personal foul, leaving her with no margin for error and a lesser ability to play her normal defensive game. On top of all that, LSU would get four free throws and the ball. So in addition to congratulating the refs on making it all about them, I think what needs to be said is this. I don't care what anyone else says. Referees need to understand the stakes of the situation when they're getting ready to blow the whistle. You can have your set of rules and your general criteria to strive for consistency and equality, but you cannot tell me that the height of the situation should factor in for nothing. Think about how this call impacted the remainder of the game. It was a dead ball, and Clark casually tossed it behind her. 
whether that be due to competitiveness, frustration, being locked into the game, or just zoning out. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Because the point is that her actions had no direct impact on what was happening on the court at that moment. You can say that LSU played better and that they won by 17 points, and both are true. But that doesn't mean it could have been entirely different without that technical foul. Before that whistle, we were in position as the public to watch the best players in the country battle it out on the most important stage. That's what it's all about. Maybe it was going to be LSU's day no matter what. And maybe they were going to run away with it in the fourth quarter because Iowa just couldn't stop them. But maybe Iowa would have found their groove and momentum would have carried them right back into the game. It was only two days ago that we saw San Diego State overcome a 14-point second-half deficit. And due to one little whistle, we will never know. Because in that moment, the life was sucked out of the Hawkeyes who were already fighting an uphill battle. Point number three, and I think is tied for most important point with the whole rant I just went on. There is nothing wrong with Angel Reese talking trash. Caitlin Clark has talked and does talk a lot of trash. There is nothing wrong with it. And I'd say that 90% of the time she backs it up on the court. But if you are going to talk trash, you need to be prepared to receive it. This is not a criticism of Caitlin. It's a criticism of the people who were calling Angel Reese classless and a thug and worse. Angel Reese is a great player who deserves a lot of credit for what she did this season and this tournament. She is also 20 years old. If she wants to talk her talk in that moment, she's allowed to. No lines were crossed. And we all know if Iowa had been up 20 points late in that game, Caitlin Clark would have been celebrating too. So you can be frustrated about the referees. You can be frustrated about the results of the game. But attacking Angel Reese for talking trash to someone who talks trash, you got to let that go. And by the way, it's not like the person coaching Angel Reese is exactly role model material in terms of behavior. Point number four, and this is my last one. If you want to have opinions about all of this, support the growth of the game. I'm saying this one in response to a lot of what I've seen on social media over the past 24 hours. And look, none of us are perfect. We all get emotional online, especially when we're saved by the shield of a screen. But if we've seen women's basketball get this level of engagement in March, continue to support it. Not everything has to be a battle all the time. It's possible to praise multiple people at once. If you like Caitlin Clark and she drew you into this tournament, that doesn't mean that Angel Reese or Aaliyah Boston or Elizabeth Kitley can't also be awesome. If the Cavender twins 
TikTok comes up on your page, then they don't need to be called out for not getting to the Final Four as a nine seed. These are kids playing a game. I'm not intending to get on my soapbox and tell you all how to act because I could use the reminder myself sometimes. I just want to find a way to end this discussion on a positive note and make sure that because we all got so drawn into this tournament, to not leave this with anger and to just support the growth of the game because these girls put on an incredible show for a couple of weeks in what is typically a period where men's basketball gets all the engagement. So congratulations to LSU. Congratulations to Iowa. And I can't wait to see what unfolds next season. Hopefully with a lot more eyes and ears tuned in. Let's talk about the men's national championship, which is set to tip off in a few hours later tonight. UConn, the four seed, versus SDSU, the five seed. Nobody has come close to UConn this entire tournament. The Huskies defeated Miami 72-59, to and after about the 10-minute mark on the first half, it was never very close. UConn had their worst three-point shooting performance of the tournament on Saturday, going 9-for-26, and they still handled the Hurricanes with ease. San Diego State has the opportunity to be the first West Coast program to win a national title since 1997. The Aztecs continue to survive and advance in this tournament. They faced a 14-point second-half deficit versus this year's Cinderella FAU in the Final Four. They even missed 8 of 11 free throws during one stretch in that second half. But offensive rebounds kept them alive, and Lamont Butler took matters into his own hands, hitting a game-winning shot at the buzzer to give the Aztecs a one-point victory. Butler, by the way, was about an inch away from stepping out of bounds on the final possession. So thankfully, he did not have Kevin Durant-sized sneakers on, or we'd be seeing a different championship game. Now, looking ahead into this one, UConn is favored by 7.5 points, which is a lot for a title game. The over-under is set at 132.5. These odds taken from our partner, betonline.ag. So, if you're just starting your betting journey... Go and sign up today and throw some cash at the National Championship game where you can get a nice welcome bonus and free play money. UConn has shot 40% from deep in this tournament, but San Diego State's perimeter defense has been their biggest strength all season. Even in the Final Four game against FAU, although the Owls ended up making nine triples in the game overall, they were held to just one in the final 15 minutes of play. The Aztecs held the number one overall seed in this tournament, Alabama, to just three of 27 from three. Now, why am I talking about this? Because UConn is 18-1 and one when they shoot 36% from deep this season, or better. And they're 15-2 and two when they make 10 or more threes. So, shooting is a big deal, but it goes beyond that for the Huskies. 
because slowing down Adama Sanogo is something that teams haven't been able to do in this tournament. Against Miami, Sanogo finished with 21 points on 9 of 11 shooting, along with 10 rebounds. It was his third double-double of the tournament. Jordan Hawkins contributed 13 points as well, and he continues to fight through illness, but two extra days should have him in better shape. So my pick on this one, without diving too much into every little stat and trend, I hope I am wrong, but I will take UConn minus 7.5 in this one. My issue is that while the Aztecs are great defensively, and have been able to overcome deficits throughout this entire tournament, UConn has been able to score in a number of different ways, and nobody has really been able to keep up with them. Outside of Matt Bradley, I don't see a ton of guys on this San Diego State roster who are likely to explode offensively and keep pace with this UConn group. Between Adama Sonogo and Donovan Klingon, San Diego State will have their hands full in the paint, and any early foul trouble on their bigs could send them into a real hole, like it did for Miami and Gonzaga and St. Mary's and Iona. I'm going to tentatively take the under in this one at 132.5. I'm going to take the under tentatively. I think it's going to be close. San Diego State's a great defensive team. We all know UConn can score. San Diego State, not an explosive team. If the game is close, it's more likely to be low scoring. And if it's a blowout, then I don't know how much the losing team can contribute to overcome this 132.5 barrier. But I think it will be close, so I'm tentatively taking the under. Overall, UConn has simply looked like a different level of good throughout this tournament. And I believe that they will pull away and win this one comfortably. I am rooting for the West Coast. I am hoping my instincts are wrong because I'd love a close game. But I already bet with my heart in the women's game, and that didn't serve me well. So UConn minus 7.5 because of what they've proved in these last five games. Again, I hope for a great close contest. But that's sports. We have no control over it. And that's going to wrap it up and send us into Monday night with a great championship game. And I want to get this episode up soon because my voice stinks and we don't have that much time before the championship game starts. And I want people to listen to this with the content being fresh. So thank you for bearing with me. Screaming from the sidelines. Episode number 39. Championship season. It's about to get real, and whether you have high stakes in this game or you're just watching as a fan, I hope that you will continue to keep screaming. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.